This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 14th Sunday of the year, the 3rd of July. Harold Wilson famously said that a week is a long time in politics. Indeed, this week, days have seemed quite a long time. Whether we voted Brexit or Remain or didn't bother voting, we now have to resign ourselves to relentless discussion and debate that will ensue for many months to come. The night before Jesus died, he prayed that his followers would be united. But unity has a price. It often means that we have to sacrifice our aspirations, our plans, our very selves, because sacrifice means the cross. St Paul, as always, packs a lot of meaning into a few short words when he says in the second reading of this Mass, Uh, of the weekend, I will boast about nothing except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there wouldn't have been anything stranger for a first century person to say or hear than those words. We hear that line without so much as a second thought. But put yourself back in the first century. Don't think of crosses on top of cathedrals or the lovely artistic crosses that we have in our churches or on our walls at home. The church in Paul's time, the the cross in Paul's time, was something unspeakable, the most miserable form of punishment devised by the minds of cruel people. To die on a cross was for Jews and Gentiles alike entirely shameful, just about the worst and most shameful thing you could say about a person was that they died on a cross. And certainly it would be the last thing you would want to boast about. Apply that to our own time. If someone told you a member of your family would die rejected by church and state, condemned to death by the legal establishment, exposed to public ridicule and writhing in agony on an instrument of torture, would you be in the mood to boast? Well, an example of this is seen in the saint whose feast we just celebrated last Friday, the 1st of July, St Oliver Plunkett. In 1673, the English Parliament forced Charles II to renew the hardline persecution of Catholics. Oliver Plunkett was Bishop of Armagh in Ireland, and as such came under the ban of bishops and priests, both here and there. He worked clandestinely, but was inevitably arrested, tried and martyred at Tyburn in London in 1681, being the last Catholic in these islands to be executed for the faith. He's remembered especially because of his zeal as a priest and bishop, and for the cordial relations that he established with those who did not share his religious or political views. Now, normally that kind of death for treason would bring with it such shame, but not for saints like Oliver Plunkett, because he was able to boast, like St Paul, in the cross. That's how these saints invite us into the upside-down world of the Christian faith. Christianity turns the values of this world upside down by reversing expectations. What struck Paul and made him think like that was him seeing that the world and all within it had brought about the death of Jesus on the cross. 
In other words, all those structures of sin, hatred and division that we know exist contributed to the death of Jesus. But through all of this, and this is the most important point in St. Paul, we never lose sight of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Yes, the world killed him. The forces of hatred, of oppression killed Jesus, but God raised him up. The risen Jesus appeared to Saul, later Paul, on the road to Damascus. And in the light of that experience, everything changed. So everything that contributed to the death of Jesus is under God's judgment. Now, we might say that's the way the world is, that's the way things are. In the light of the resurrection, the world and all it offers is powerless. Jesus took all of the negativity of sin upon himself and cancelled it out. We say in every Mass, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's why St John can say that this faith of ours has conquered the world. St Paul sees in the light of the resurrection that the world is under judgment. Only a new creation matters. And the whole of the Christian faith is in that phrase. Jesus is a new creation, a new life form, a new field of force. The risen Jesus is this mystical body into which we are called. In Paul's language, we're called to participate. Often in his letters, he compares Christ and his church to a living organism. He invites us not just to listen to Christ or just to follow Christ, but to live in him. He says, stop living in the world, because that is under judgment. And he tells us not to care about the world with all its structures, its institutions, its parliaments, whether in London or Brussels or wherever they are, because they're under judgment. They have been conquered And now he says to us, start living in this new creation, which is nothing other than being in the mystical body of Jesus. He says, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, who form the Israel of God. And the Israel of God is Christ's body, the church. Peace and mercy will not come to those who live stubbornly in that old world of of sin, which is under judgment and is passing away. Peace and mercy will come to those who live in the new Israel of God, Christ, the new creation. And there in a few lines of St Paul, in his beautiful poetry, is the whole drama and mystery of the Christian faith. May Mary, mother of the Lord, of the new creation, help us to live in this new creation to the very end. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy. For on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.